2: And we are tailgating in Palm Springs, California today. That's right. It's the Mary Nutter Classic and Annual Event for the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. Uh, Just a beautiful setting for softball in the mountains of Palm Springs. In fact, there's a lot of members of the OU golf team and a lot of supporters of the Sooner program that are out here. And sometimes we get an opportunity to cross paths with them during this special event. The Sooners will be playing their 61st game ever. In the Mary Nutter Classic coming up later today as we tape this Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. As always, thank you for downloading, subscribing, and sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. We love your feedback, so let us hear from you at OU on the air. That's at OU on the air. And as always, as always, we appreciate the support that you give the podcast. Now, with that said, all those kind words to thank you. I have a little disclaimer. Typically, when we make our trip to Palm Springs, our Friday edition, in the, the previous two seasons, has been the Gaggle of Gasso's episode. JT, Andrea, maybe we can even talk Poppy or, or, or Patty into joining us as well, too. But we arrived very late on Thursday night, and we were hoping to tape on Thursday or even during uh wednesday night excuse me we like right very late on wednesday night so we were hoping to tape either when we got it on wednesday or thursday during the day it kind of changed the schedule just a little bit so we're going to try to go one-on-one with jt maybe maybe talk jim Gasso into maybe talk coach patty Gasso into joining us and kind of having a good old round table discussion about the first family of college softball but it will not be on today's show so i apologize i promise that We'll try to get it for early next week. We're hoping to tape something either on Friday or Saturday. But, yeah, JT's the best, man. I love talking shop with him. I learned so much from him. I love talking old baseball stories with him as well, too. And, you know, at some point, we got got to get Jim on the podcast because he's just too entertaining. So, fingers crossed we can get that done this weekend. If not, at the very least, we'll have JT on next week in some way, shape, or form. But what we will do today, I mean, literally – last second substitution and you couldn't ask for anyone better to join us right we need a hotline sponsor like the thank you toby roland for saving the podcast today hotline as the voice of the sooners toby roland joins us t before we get into a little college basketball talk we've got a developing situation as they like to say involving baseball the weather is a little bit messy what do you think are you going to get to call some baseball this weekend or not
3: yeah it's not looking great um i know that Friday and Saturday, there's a pretty good chance for some weather. So, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work. It's, it's, they're, they're talking with uh, the two teams that are supposed to come in, Valpo and, and Holy Cross, and and going to try to play as much baseball as we can. So, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even into Monday a little bit. We'll see if we can get. Supposed to, Oklahoma's supposed to play four games right. this weekend, two against each team. So, whether or not that happens, I would say is a question mark. But who knows? Maybe the Okay. guys are clear
2: force and we'll be able to get some baseball. Baseball gods need to be uh, Sooner fans this weekend so we can get this in. Uh, and just real quick, before we talk men's hoops, I know we don't have a ton of time, Toby, but uh, what were your impressions from the first weekend? Nice opening game win over Louisville, and, uh, and it seems like there's going to be some issues they need to work on defensively, but, I mean, to their defense, pardon the pun, they were right there in uh, two of those final three games. Yeah, I
3: think the positives were, you're right, that was a really nice, opening win over Indiana. That'll look good on the resume on down the line. Indiana is predicted to win the Big Ten Conference this year. <clears throat> Jake Irvin looked good. I thought that, for the most part, the pitching looked good, especially out of the bullpen this weekend. Uh, Braden Fink, Connor Berry, Levi Prater all had at least one, if not two, very good outings for them. Um, the starting pitching, you know, for the most part, was was really good, and uh, the young guys each hit a home run that they're expecting to get some uh, power in the middle of the lineup from this year in Cade Cavalli and and Tyler Hartman. So there were some bright spots, but obviously uh, 15 errors in four games is uh, not what you hope for. I think, uh, I was looking at the Big 12 stats, and Oklahoma's got the most errors in the conference, and second most has six right now. So 15. They got some things to work on defensively. And I think it, you know, these are uh, good players. And I think that it's one of those things where it became a little bit contagious out there in Myrtle Beach for them. And hopefully they're able to shake that off and, and settle down a little bit. They gave away too many freebies, too many easy runs. And they come home one and three, and that's not the start they were hoping for. But they've got 25 of their next 27 at home and a chance to uh, go on a nice little run here if they can start playing good baseball.
2: We got Todd Pig coming up here in just a bit to talk some women's basketball. So we'll go in depth with where Sherry Cole's team is. And wow, what a run that they've been on recently. But Toby, I'm curious to get your take on the men's team. Uh, we on the Monday, well, we tape on Monday, your, the Tuesday podcast, we played the postgame show. Uh, you could sense the frustration in just about everyone from Coach Kruger and uh, Christian James and jamani McNeese and Kevin and even yourself. I mean, it, is it as simple as to say they just got to get a win, and and that could change the whole perception and mindset as to where they are right now?
3: I think it is as simple as that. The complicated thing is figuring out how to get that win. <laughs> um, but I do feel like if if they could taste victory, if they could see the ball go through the hoop the way it was early in the year, that it's certainly possible that this team could uh, get back on track. I really, you know, I think that the NCAA tournament, if they can just get into it, it's going to be good for them because they're going to see teams and referees that haven't seen them this year. And I think that'll work to their advantage a little bit. Um, but getting there, you know, has suddenly become very much in doubt, which is amazing because we were talking about a team that, not too awfully long ago was about to maybe be a one seed. Yeah. And now I think they're probably going to have to win two of their final three games here to feel good about their chances of, of getting in. Uh, I've seen some speculate that they need two wins period. And if one of those came in the big 12 tournament, perhaps that would be good enough. Um, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're playing it close to the edge here. So, Having lost six in a row and 9-11, of the idea of winning two out of three seems like a tall ask right now. But they've had a a long week off. Hopefully they'll be rested and and rejuvenated and ready for Kansas State on Saturday. K-State is playing well, and this is a team that for the last several years has given Oklahoma problems. They play really tight, tough defense and uh, make it hard for you to run your stuff. And it's going to be a challenge for Oklahoma. But surely they're due. Surely they're due for one of these games where they make 12, 13, 14 three-pointers and flow and uh, and have a nice win. I, I keep saying that every time out. But <laughs> sooner or later, it's got to be true.
2: If there was any – I mean, again, it's hard to find a positive in uh, a game that went the way that Saturday did – but to see Cam Mcgusty perform like that, T. Rowe, I mean, this is a guy that that was what we expected, you know, had, and, and yeah, that was a pretty special night. I mean, that's maybe a little bit unfair for me to say. But if there's one positive, you know, you, you've used this analogy a lot. Maybe we look back and there's a post-game press conference after winning the Big 12 tournament and we hear uh, Lon Kruger say, well, it was about getting getting Mcgusty going or it was about... Trey Young learning from a mistake and not committing a foul whenever they needed a, to commit a foul in a situation where where they were up three with seconds to play. I mean, it, maybe looking back, what happened on Monday for Kim Augusti could be a really good building port, uh, point for this team's depth.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if they're going to go to the tournament, if they're going to get hot here late, I think he's going to be a, a part of it. He's playing the best basketball of the season right now for him. He's into the starting lineup. I think he's going to stay there. I think that, you know, you could say the same about Jermoney McNeese, who also had a career high on uh, Monday night and is into the starting lineup. And I thought played pretty well against uh, Udoka Azubuki for Kansas. So maybe the, uh, you know, those guys getting thrown into the mix and starting to play good ball If Christian James and continue to play well it, they need Trey and Brady to find the stroke again. I know. They're such a big part of this team, and, and their ability to hit the three-pointer is such a big part of this team that when they're both in a slump at the same time, it just makes it really difficult for them to win, and that's exactly what is going on right now. They're both in a slump at the same time, So, and it's a prolonged slump. Right. So hopefully Saturday they can get a win, those guys can hit, hit some shots, and Oklahoma will get back on the right track again.
2: Have you uh, have you ever seen anything like this before? From the perspective of, uh, I, I think you've brought it up. I think Rayford Youngs talked about it a little bit. From someone who was everyone's darling to, since that Oklahoma State game, it's almost as if uh, Trey Young has become a dartboard of criticism. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this before, Toby.
3: Not from a, you know, not from a college kid. I don't think. You know, certainly yeah. not college basketball. Certainly not a freshman. You know, I could be, you know, if you thought about it really hard, maybe you could think of a college football player who did something wrong and the world turned on him a little bit, but Trey hasn't done anything wrong. That's the sad part of this. You know, Trey hasn't been involved in any kind of an off-court scandal or, uh, you know, flipped off an opposing student section or has <laughs> done anything other than go out and score 30 points a game and be really good. And I think the the shame in it is that the vitriol from opposing fans stems from the oversaturation of coverage of him from ESPN. They're just sick of hearing about him, and it makes them not like him, and so they're taking it out on him. But the reality is he, he didn't do anything to deserve it. I mean, he didn't do anything to deserve the hate. All he did was go play great so great early in the season that ESPN wanted to make him the focal point of their college basketball coverage this year. And because of that, now he's the most hated player in college basketball. So I feel bad for him. I I feel bad for that. I feel bad for how difficult opposing coaches are making it on him just to breathe on a court. You know, it's guys face guarding him everywhere he goes. Where do you see that, you know, other than fourth grade girls basketball? uh two three guys on him they cover him from the moment he steps across the timeline and it's just tough i mean they have figured out how to make life really hard right. for him. almost unenjoyable at times on the basketball court because it's so hard for him to do what he's good at and that's what they're supposed to do if you're an opposing coach but you can just tell it's a grind right now and so he needs some help he needs some other guys to hit shots to Take the pressure off of him to loosen up those defenses a little bit so that he can do his thing. And, um, you know, it's got to start now because they're, they're out of time. They're out of free passes, and uh, they've got to win, and it's got to start
2: Saturday. The Voice Saves Day. That, that should be the name of this podcast for this week, The Voice Saves. Saves the day. Speaking of saving the day, what a run down the stretch for the OU women's basketball team. Many had projected them on the wrong side of the bubble, but lo and behold, they've caught fire over the last two weeks of the season. They won yet again on Wednesday night, knocking off Iowa State in what was their senior night. They have another game coming up on Saturday against Texas Tech. So the streak has been impressive for the OU women's basketball team after taking care of Iowa State 80-71 to on Wednesday night. The Sooners Hoopsters have now, since a tough loss at Baylor, have now put together three straight wins. They've won five of their last six games, and they currently sit at third place overall in the Big 12. We caught up with OU Communications Director for Women's Hoops Tyler Pigg, To get some perspective on the incredible run for this team, this um,
1: group—I'll be honest with you—it really, to me, is started on the defensive end. If you think back in non-conference play, this team um, was playing a lot of freshmen, playing three seniors that were a ton that were trying to find their footing as leaders, and um, it's really started on the defensive end uh, with this group. They've uh, kept teams under seventy-five points uh, seven times in the last eight games. I think that's kind of given this team an identity but um, they can get stops um, offensively. The starting five that this group's putting out with right now, in the big 12, there's probably not a starting lineup. that has been more efficient uh, in the last six or seven games. Um, when you get your post player, Viennese Pierre Louise averaging 18 points a game and then a near double double with nine boards. Um, having somebody to throw the ball to is, has been big, but it's been stepping up and hitting shots. The, the resurgence of Maddie Manny, you could do, do a whole 30 minute block on just how well she's played in the last five or six games. Again, it's been banged up six year kid. And uh, has really stepped up the last couple of weeks and hit a ton of shots. And then the senior leadership of Gabby Ortiz, she, she's been a, is what I think they would call a dog on the floor. She's um, played 40 minutes every night and has really been somebody that you can rely on to hit shots and come up with plays on the defensive end. So I think it's a it's a lot of different little, little things that have added up to, to a nice little run here um, when, when a team really needed it to close down the stretch.
2: Maybe you can help then too, explain that more in depth when they really needed it. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it, Ty. We're right in bubble territory, and this is exactly what the doctor ordered to try to get back to the NCAA tournament for this team, correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, um, one win that probably got away this team would want to have back was at TCU, a, a team that was ranked at the time, top 25. Um, and a game in which this this group led with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and kind of saw it slip away. And um, there's been some close calls. You know, the, the the tough part of the schedule earlier, they played Texas and Baylor and OSU um, basically four times in the first four weeks of the year uh, to start Big 12 play. And so they've kind of found their footing in – um, this group really needed it. You know, right now this group's 25 in the RP or 24 in the RPI has the number one strength of schedule, but you got to put some wins on the board to, to get back in the tournament conversation. And that's a big deal with this program. And so um, being 16 and, or 15 and 12, 10 and 6 with a chance to, to close out maybe 12 and 6 and a, and a chance to finish third in the Big 12, if you would have talked to a lot of people a month ago, I'm not sure they would have seen us out of this group, but um, playing your best basketball down the stretch. Um, is is what's key is getting an NCAA tournament. And I think the committee's probably starting to take notice. Um, Match with how well this team played some some non conference teams in the in the fall. You know, they had a number six Oregon team. It was a five point game late in the middle of the fourth quarter. They took a run at UConn in front of ten thousand people in Uncasville, Connecticut. Um, they went on the road and played a, a high shooting, high prolific offensive Nepal team um seven of their 11 teams they play at non-con chris they're in the top two of their standings in their their respective league and five of them are in first place so this team has been tested and and they've been able to figure it out and put it you know put it all together down the stretch
2: so you talk a lot about the experience and the leadership and that's one of my favorite topics which i want to go more in depth on with you a little bit later but let's talk about this freshman class too and I know Anna had a couple of, uh, well, had a couple, had the injury earlier this year The coach talked about, put her in concussion mm-hmm. protocol, and she's, and she's been sensational. Had a tough shooting night uh, last night against Iowa State. But as much as we talk about Anna Anusa, how impressed have you been with the way we've watched Shayna Pellington adapt to the Division One game after playing internationally for so long? It's taken her a bit, Ty, but you can really see it starting to click for Shayna.
1: Oh yeah, I mean the first time you you saw her on the floor uh, when she got here in late August, the athleticism just—I mean—it just oozes out of her. Um, She has a presence about her um, with the ball in her hand that um, it's a confidence to get to the rim that you just don't see a lot of kids uh, have. Um, But the progression she's made, probably mentally, um, from October, November to now, has has been um astounding i mean it, it, you know it, i know a lot of people back here didn't get to see the game in morgantown um coach admitted it pretty i think in the in the post game that the first five minutes shana was in the game it, it may have been the worst five minutes she's played in her entire you know freshman season but the last 40 minutes that she played were just electric um she completely took over a game against a pretty experienced WVU team that had a lot to play for um But the ability for her to score, uh, making an impact on the defensive end, um, that's probably been the farthest thing. She didn't have a typical high school experience like Anna did at Choctaw. Shana was more of a prep school type deal, um, kind of a unique situation where she's been able to play overseas on Canada's teams um that have been super successful but maybe not as played as many high competitive situations like anna has and so um her ability to to transition and to be um as competitive she is on this on this level um has been something really fun to watch now i I think that 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 pair of them there may not be a better freshman combo in the country um with this how far and they've come they both average 12 a game i think any college coach in america would take a a pair of freshmen to come in and, and give you 12 a night consistently. And so that's what they've done. And um, both should be all big 12 freshmen of the year. And then don't forget about Mandy Simpson. She's the glue. She keeps those guys rolling. Um, She's probably got one of the highest basketball IQs. And um, they're going to be a really good trio, a really good foundation to build upon once this group of seniors exits later in the year. So excited about what they've done and been able to put on the floor consistently. That's been the big thing.
2: How, uh, and again, you, you see it firsthand closer than anyone. But the one thing I've noticed about this team is even through the adversity, there was never any doubt. There's never any finger pointing. You know, obviously Coach Cole has her ways of motivation, and we've seen him work. But I just got the sense throughout that everyone had patience because they knew with Shayna taking on that point guard role, it was going to be a process. Uh, e- even with uh, Anna, and as you mentioned, you know, Mandy doesn't see as many minutes, but being that glue person – I guess, Time. my point is, you never really saw any panic in this staff uh, or, or in this team, did you?
1: No, no. I mean, there You know, there were some bumps along the road, but you saw some flashes. Uh, you know, Jilly Penzo's been big. She stepped up yeah. and, and had some big games for us. EJ of dimway I, I would say EJ's playing her bas- best basketball right now. Um, and that's a kid who you know, hadn't had a ton of minutes, had to sit and wait behind KK and, and VV, and has learned from those guys, but um, you've got a group that's they've, they found their roles. And so um, not a lot of panic, the, the motto, basically every game um, in the locker room has always been, Hey, we're, we we got to get better every day. Um, it's not, you know, we can celebrate this win and then kind of lay an egg. We've got to keep getting better every night this team sees the floor. And so they've really taken that uh, to heart and especially in practice really over the last month. Um, it's been a, one of the most competitive gyms I've ever been around. And so, Um, the ability for these seniors to lead, to point these guys, these younger guys in the right direction has been the big deal. And it's allowed this team to kind of keep growing and keep growing as the years progressed. And um, now they can play for everything in front of them.
2: So take me through the selection process. Is it similar? Is it a carbon copy of what they do for the men's tournament, Ty? How different is what the criteria is for the field for the women's basketball tournament as opposed to what we've seen in the men's tournament?
1: So a little different. Um, they still take in a lot of factors I mean, your RPIs, your staggered ratings. Um, the, the committee has really harped on in the last couple of years. Um, it, the, each month counts. November and December count just as much as what you're seeing right now. Um, so that's one thing that the Sooners have in their, in their, you know, a feather in their cap. They played the third toughest non-conference schedule in the country behind UConn and Notre Dame. Um, and so the committee's going to eye that. that. That's a big deal. Um, being able to stay in the top 25 of the RPI down the stretch is a big deal. They take that into account. Um, but really the, the, the big thing they harp on, um, and this is another thing that will get added in. People don't discuss as much. And if you watch the, the committee do their 16 reveal, um, there's some geographic stuff that goes into it as well, as well gotcha. as an economic impact. So don't let that slip away. Um, but like I said, I think the, the, the big key in, in what the committee's harped on. And people have been able to take away in these top 16 seed reveals um, is your non-conference schedule and who you played and and where you played it um, is kind of a big underlying factor that I think a lot of people glaze over. Um, sometimes it's not about as much as the wins and losses of your total record. Um, so the good the good news is if the Sooners finish with 11 wins, um, no Big 12 team has ever been left out with 11 wins. In fact, the last time a plus 500 team has been left out was 2006. So that trends in the right direction. So it'll be just getting the wins down the stretch, and the win in the Big 12 tournament will be really big for this group. Um, but the good thing is playing down the stretch as well as they played, winning eight out of the last ten, um, that really puts a, um, a big a big uh, emphasis on how this team has played it from the committee's eyes, I think.
2: Final thought, Ty, and we'll let you run. We mentioned the senior class. I want to circle back around to it. We've seen Gabby uh, and her comfort play in that two-guard more. We've seen the aggressiveness step up of Maddie Manning. Uh, I saw this on Twitter last night, and I agree. Vivi's playing like one of the best big men in college basketball last night. Mm-hmm. You have uh, a little bit of do-everything in, in Niecy Williams. I know they've been through their share of adversity, but this is a pretty special four-year senior class. and In the case of Maddie Manning, six-year senior class. But uh, this this is a group that's kept this team together, and they've been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they came in in a sort of a similar situation especially Gabby, Nisi, and Vivi, they were the guys that were having to come in uh, when it was just Sherane Campbell and KK. And, right.
2: um,
1: so they've seen a lot of it, and they've kind of, I think, finally realized that they can kind of lead the similar story that those guys left. And um, I think a lot of, when we look back with this group, they'll come out as a little underrated with what they've done. I mean, Gabby's one of the three best three-point shooters that have ever played here. Vivi, if you can put it, her and Courtney Paris in the same sentence in a lot of areas, um, they're only one of three players to ever have 200 blocks. Um, they're one of two she, to have 1,200 points, 700 rebounds, 200 blocks. I mean, um, And then with just the consistency that Maddie's played out over the last two years and just the journey she's had to get here and then the work ethic that Nisi Williams has put in It's It's an underrated group, um, but I, I think the thing is they come in every day ready to work and um, have been able to kind of establish that as their legacy. Um, Coach Cole says it all the time. I know you've said it is you, you can do – A lot of special things with special senior classes, and these guys are really shaping up that way, and um, I'm excited for them, the way they're playing. This was a group that I kind of came in when they were really young, when I first started working here. They took me in kind of with open arms, and um, they're a great group to be around. Um, They make my job super easy. So to see it kind of all pay off down the stretch with how they're playing, um, I I think to them it'll leave a a really big impact on their legacy here if this thing uh, continues the
2: way it's going. I want to throw one more quick thing at you. What do you see as a need in these last two regular season games and even into the tournament, outside of the obvious, which is, you know, win the whole Big 12 tournament? But, Ty, yep. you'll feel comfortable on signing day if this happens as far as a record over the last handful of games? Or definitely. Day. I, uh, tournament reveal day, my bad. but Yeah, I think de- you get definitely,
1: definitely a third-place finish, and that's really um... – that's really in grasp right now. O- Oklahoma state lost last night to Kansas, uh, in Lawrence. So right now that sets up pretty much a winter off right now for them. And, uh, in Morgantown on Saturday, they have to go to West Virginia, not a tough place to play or not an easy place to play. Um, and so the Sooners beat Texas tech on Saturday and OSU were to lose to the Mountaineers. That would clinch third place for the Sooners. It would just be really tough to see OU being left out of the tournament at that point. if They finished uh third in this conference was, with as tough as it's been. And then, um, you know, I'm not going to put a total, like a, a magic number on a win total. Right. I, I do think I think 18 wins would be pretty good to get you in. Um, but uh, Tuesday night in Texas against a national TV audience, that Texas played uh, Baylor there night and lost. They allowed Baylor to clinch the league. Um, this team's played well in Austin in the past. They've had chances to win the last two years down there. They've kind of slipped away. Um, so I think that would be a really good showing for the committee to say, hey, this, this team can play with anybody. They've shown that throughout the year. Um, but I I definitely think that would be a a really big audience for this team to showcase their skills and how well they played down the stretch going into the big 12 tournament.
2: Great stuff, Ty. I appreciate your time, buddy, and have fun on Saturday. I'm sure it's going to be an emotional day and a big one coming up to wrap up the season in Austin.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, hey, I want to real quick want to say thanks to all of our fans who are coming last night. I know that was it was really tough with a lot of situations with the weather. And and the big thing to our crew and our athletics department, uh, there's a lot of people that touched that game last night just to make it happen. Um, but we're looking for a really big crowd um, on Saturday with Super Sooner Weekend. Any ticket will get you into the women's game with the men following up at
2: 5. So, excited to
1: see what uh, how many people fill up the Lloyd Noble Center on Saturday.
2: Get out there on Saturday, Super Sooner Weekend. You can't beat it. Buy a ticket to one event, you can end up seeing men's gymnastics, women's gymnastics, tennis, baseball, you name it. It's all out there for you this weekend on campus at Soonersports.com. That's high noon on Saturday for OU and Texas Tech in women's basketball. And then you heard Toby say it, it is huge on Saturday early evening, afternoon, 5 o'clock for OU. And Kansas State. Everyone, have a great weekend, a fun filled, action packed weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday with the game plan to recap it all. Until then, this is Chris Blank signing off from Palm Springs saying, Have a great weekend at Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU On The Air.